Good morning. Good morning, Glad Tidings. Hey, it is great, really great to be with you here at Glad Tidings. Thank you so much, Pastor, for your welcome and just the incredible pastoral staff and other people. We started meeting yesterday. Your hospitality is amazing. And uh, we love Malaysia, right? You know, the... You know, when, when you're watching television in America, they have advertisements, Malaysia, truly Asia. Everybody should go to Malaysia, okay? And so uh, we're just so privileged to be here and thankful to be here. And I want to warn you ahead of time, don't get too close to my wife and I. Because for the last few days, we've eaten so much durian that we stink. <laughs> You know, they say no durians on the plane. Well, later tonight when I get on the plane, they may disqualify me from my flight because I smell like a durian, okay? So uh, pray for me that when I'm getting on the plane, I'm going to go, you know, and then maybe they'll let me on the plane. So really, Malaysia has the most amazing durian in the whole world, and I don't know what's wrong with the rest of these people. A lot of Caucasians say they don't like it. It smells bad. I think it smells good, you know? So, you know, you guys are blessed. And I've made a list of foods that I believe will be at the marriage supper of the Lamb when we get to heaven, and durian will be one of those foods, okay? And God's going to heal everybody so they all love it and we'll eat it together in heaven. Amen? Hallelujah. All right. Well, as Pastor mentioned, we've spent most of our adult lives and raised our family here in Southeast Asia. And so I want you to know that we don't feel... American anymore, actually. You know, we kind of have crossed over to the other side, all right? And so we, we feel like we're part of you. We feel like we know where you live. We pastored in this part of the world for so many years. And I will say that our deepest and closest friends are from this part of the world. You know, when uh, our, we have three daughters, as Pastor mentioned, we also have two grandchildren. So Liz and I are grandparents. And when our first daughter got married, she got married in the States, and seven families from Indonesia made the trip to come to the wedding in America. It was incredible. It cost me more money to host my Asian friends than the wedding did, okay? <laughs> no, because when Asians, when, when your family comes to visit you, you don't say, uh, when are you going home anyway, right? No, you know, they just stayed and stayed, and finally, one by one, they decided to go back. So we had a second wedding, and seven different families came, because the first seven had such a good time. They said, you should go and visit Pastor Jeff. It was wonderful. And so they had a good time. We have one wedding to go, and we've been saving our money for years now so we can pay for the wedding and our friends that will come afterwards, okay? But there are some benefits to having uh, children who are Asian. The one thing I'm banking on is that they won't put me in a nursing home for old people. They'll take care of me when I get old. Yeah, give yourselves a hand. That's a good Asian value that I keep telling my kids, don't forget, you're Asian. Don't put me in, a, in an old person's home when I get old, okay? So, so they've all promised me they're not going to do that, and I'm thankful for that, all right? <laughs> you know, I want to let you know this morning that... Uh, 
Liz and I actually come from simple upbringing and simple roots. Uh, my, my Liz is the daughter of a farmer. Her dad is a farmer in central Pennsylvania and did all the things you might see in the movies. And she talks about picking rocks out of the field and, and, and picking fruit from the fruit patch and, you know, living off the land and, you know, all of those different things. You know, she comes from a very simple background. I myself did not come from all that big of a deal of a background. Uh, my father was not a pastor. He was not a minister. My father was just a, a working man in the American workforce. And then there was this day in my life where I gave my heart to Jesus and I got baptized in the Holy Spirit and everything changed. The Lord set me on a course that, that has taken me to places I never dreamed possible and given me opportunities to share Christ in many countries around the world. And so I couldn't ever imagine that a common boy like me and a common girl like Liz, that the Lord, Lord would take us to places we never dreamed possible. And I'm here this morning to preach on this subject of reach because I want you to know that the Lord wants you to reach things, peoples, and places that you never dreamed imaginable, but because you said yes to Christ and because he filled you with his Holy Spirit, God is going to take you to places and peoples you never even dreamed possible. Now, one of the things the Lord has blessed me with is a little bit of height. Now, I don't think I'm the tallest person in the room here. I'm 182 uh, centimeters. Many of you may be taller, but some of you might be shorter than me. So what I want to do is get a little more exercise in. I know we had an amazing time with our worship team. Uh, Luke and the team kind of had us moving and worshiping the Lord, but I want everybody to stand. Our subject today is reach. And what I want you to do is I want you to reach right now, okay? So I want you to reach as high as you can as if you're pulling something off of that very top shelf. Can you get it down? Are you stretching? No, use the other hand now. Come on, stretch and reach. Okay. Woo, no jumping, but you can sit down. Good. Whew, good. Now we, we got that out of our system, right? You know, has there ever been that thing in the closet or on a shelf that you wanted to reach, but it was just out of reach, and you're pulling on that little thing, and you pull a little bit too hard, and not only the thing that you want comes crashing down, but the other things on that shelf come crashing down on top of you. You know, as I said, you know, I'm, I'm kind of tall, and so one of my ministry on airplanes is that I help people with their baggage when they try to put it in the overhead compartment. Hallelujah. Now, you may think I'm a nice Christian by doing that, but it's really just self-defense because I'm sitting there, and I got a little lady with like a 25-kilogram, a, a you know, a, a small suitcase, and she's got her finger, and she's pushing it, and I'm going, it's going to fall. I'm going to die. Lord, I'm going to die. The plane's not going to crash, but that 25-kilogram bag is going to hit me in the head. So I get out of my seat, and I'm like, ma'am, let me help you with that. You know, and I pick it up, and I'm like, do you have rocks in there or what? Good grief, you know how heavy that thing is, you know. 
So maybe some of you have done that. You know, one of the reasons Liz and I, by the way, have been married for 31 years, and one of the reasons why she keeps me around is because I can reach high things in the kitchen that she can't get, you know. Jeff, I need that pan. I put it up there. Will you help me and get it? And I'm like, oh, good. I'm good for a little while longer. She'll keep me around. Yes, dear, I'll help you with that, okay? So, so there are some benefits to being tall, and, you know, I can maybe reach something, But, you know, as we were worshiping this morning, I turned around and looked into the audience. And as I looked at some of your faces, I believe that I got, I I received a word from the Lord for you yesterday. Normally, I prepare my messages long in advance, which I did. But yesterday, Liz and I were at the hotel and I said, the Lord is giving me a word for glad tidings. And she was trying to talk to me. And I said, Liz, stop talking to me. I got to get this word down on paper. So I'm telling you, the message I have for you today was spoken to me by the Lord to deliver to you about this topic and your theme of reach. I want to read a few verses to you from the Old Testament. They're found in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 11 to 20. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. If you've got it on your Bible or if you've got it on your phone or your smartphone or your your app, you can open it up. But Deuteronomy chapter 30, I'm going to read verses 11 to 20. Here's what it says. It says, this command I am giving you today is not too difficult for you. It is not beyond your reach. Let me stop there just for a minute. You know, when I read that scripture and and the Lord kind of, you know, this theme of reach, the Lord gripped me at that point. And I want you to know that with your theme of reach for glad tidings in 2019, that whatever the Lord has placed on your hand, that promise that he has for you is not is not, is not too far out of reach for you to reach out and grab hold of that thing. The Lord was speaking to the children of Israel who had wandered around in the desert for 40 years trying to reach the promise of God and now they're standing on the border of the promise of God and he says it is not too far out of reach for you. Many of you have followed Christ your whole lives, and yet you would say, there's more for me. God has more for me in my life and in my walk with him. And so I'm challenging you today that the promise of God in 2019 is not too far out of reach. Verse 12 goes on and says, it is not kept in heaven so distant that you must ask. Who will go up to heaven and bring it down so we can hear and obey? It is not kept beyond the sea so far away that you must ask, who will cross the sea to bring it to us so we can hear it and obey? No, the message is very close at hand. It is on your lips and in your heart so that you can obey it. Now listen, today I am giving you a choice between life and death, between prosperity and disaster. For I command you this day to love the Lord your God and keep his commands, decrees, and regulations by walking in his ways. 
If you do this, you will live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you and the land you are about to enter and occupy. But if your heart turns away and you refuse to listen, and if you are drawn away to serve and worship other gods, then I warn you now that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live a long, good life in the land you are crossing the Jordan to occupy. Today I have given you the choice between life and death, between choosing blessings and curses. Now I call on you and your descendants. Uh, now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying him and committing yourself firmly to him. This is the key to your life. And if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. May God add his blessing to the word this morning. You know, we see here in this story, for many of you that are familiar with the Bible story, and if I can just recap it for a moment, Moses wrote Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. The first four books of the Bible are kind of this sequential history of mankind. And Deuteronomy is kind of a recap of the Israelites' journey through the, the, the desert for 40 years. And now they're standing on the edge of, of the Jordan River. They are about to cross over into the promised land. And Moses is challenging them to commit. You know, as we're here in Glad Tidings in the year 2019, and your theme is reach, as you're considering what's out ahead of you personally and for this church, I have three things I want to share with you about this story that was happening here in the Old Testament. The first thing I want you to know is that if you commit to reach the Lord Himself, if you commit to reach the Lord Himself, then the promises of God will come to you quickly. You know, when you think about this theme of reach, many of you may be saying to yourselves, well, the reach the church is talking about is to reach our neighbors, our friends, or a scope of influence outside of us. And yet, this morning, I want to start with the fact that your 2019 will be amazingly successful if you will reach the Lord as your number one goal in life. Reaching the Lord and knowing him in ways that you've never known him before. So why is it then, at times, it seems that the Lord is beyond our reach? You know, I don't know if you've ever felt that way before, but it's not uncommon for Christians to say to me, hey, Brother Jeff, pray for me, because I just feel like the Lord is far from me. You know, you've, maybe you followed Christ your whole life, and yet there's a time where you wake up in the morning, or you spend time during the day, and you say to yourself, I just, I don't know if I feel the Lord. He seems so distant from me. Can I make a confession? And, 
You know, sometimes people look at pastors and they think we're like, you know, spiritual, you know, Avengers or spiritual, you know, superheroes or superpowers. Hey, I want you to know that I'm a human being just like you. And there are moments where even in the ministry, I say to myself, Lord, why do you seem so far? How come, Lord, I can't seem to access your throne? Lord, I need to reach you today because something big is happening, because something difficult is happening in my life. Lord, help me reach you. Maybe you've come here to glad tidings today and you feel God is far from you. I want you to know he's close at hand. You know, I love these verses of Scripture because he clearly says to the people that the promise is not kept far from you. One of the things we have to do is change the way that we view God. You know, sometimes we think God is kind of like trying to trick us a little bit. How many of you have ever, you know, sometimes I've, I'll... I've seen this uh, where they have a thing called a shell game. And they take three shells and they put a little ball under one and then they move them all around and you have to guess which one the, the little ball is underneath. And sometimes we think the Lord is like that. We think the Lord is like, okay, here's the promise. Keep your eye on it. I'm going to move it around. Here we go. And we move it all around and then God says to humankind, okay, take a guess. That's not the way the Lord is. I really believe what the Lord was saying to the people of Israel was that if you will hear my decrees, if you will follow after me, my promises will not be far away. A couple of things that I think are reasons why the Lord always seems to be beyond our reach. Number one, it is because of a lack of understanding of his word. You know, one of the things I always used to say was people, you know, who are Christians don't read the Bible enough. Now, I would imagine here at Glad Tidings, you guys are amazing Bible readers. Amen? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh-oh. This guy's not going to get invited back. He's going to start stepping on our toes a little bit here. A lack of understanding of the Word of God is sometimes the reason why we really don't know what His decrees are. We don't know how to follow Him. He's distant because we're not engaged in reading the Word of God. Number one thing people used to come to me for as a pastor was, Lord, pastor, pray for me because I need to know the will of God for my life. And one of the things I wanted to always tell them was, listen, 99% of what you need to know about the will of God is in the Word of God. If you read the Word of God, if you apply the Word of God, if the Word of God is in your heart and you meditate upon it, when you're faced with that decision right out in front of you, it's not going to be like, gee, what do I do? I don't know how to decide. No, that when you know the Word of God, decision-making becomes more and more simple. You know, I used to challenge, you know, when we pastored in Indonesia, I used to challenge my congregation and say, you need to read from Genesis to Revelation, you know, all in one, you know, every year. You need to read the whole Bible every year. 
I used to love to say that to new Christians especially because they would kind of scratch their head and say, are you serious, Pastor? I'm like, yeah, you know, you need to do that. I said, as a matter of fact, you know, when, when you die and Jesus invites you into heaven, you know, you'll get into heaven because of the grace of God. But when you're at the marriage supper of the Lamb and sitting there with Jesus, he may even ask you, did you read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation? I love it when you got like new Christians because they're like, really? Yeah, sure. You know that? Oh, I better read the Bible then, you know. <laughs> I don't know if Jesus is going to ask you that question, but you better be ready for it. I challenge you that you would have a deep understanding of his word. He said to the people of Israel going into the land, if you're going to reach the promise, if you're going to reach me, you've got to know my decrees. You've got to know my laws. You've got to know my principles. The second reason why we have a hard time, sometimes we feel like the Lord is beyond our reach is because of our sin. Raise your hand if you've got sin in your life. Little fewer than last night, actually. <laughs> you know, and it's a good thing you raised your hand, because if you didn't, I would think I died and went to heaven, you know, because in heaven, you know, there's no sin, but here on earth, right? <laughs> well, I'm glad we can all confess the same thing. That at times, sin grabs a hold of us. At times, temptation overwhelms us. And as a result of sin and temptation and things that we do that are not pleasing to the Lord, we separate ourselves from God. It doesn't mean that our sins are not forgiven, but it means when we conduct and engage in a regular lifestyle that is not pleasing to the Lord, and we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God is not pleased, we end up pulling ourselves further away from God, and it's really us and our decisions, removing ourselves from the Lord. He's always waiting for us to come back to him. And so I challenge you today, if there's activity and things in your life that seem to be sinful, that you would turn from those things and say, Lord, take them away from me. Last thing I think that's important here is to know that the reason why we can't reach the Lord is because of our own plans. You know, he, he talks here that when you go into the land, it's going to be about following your my ways, my way of getting into the land. You know, one of the things that I found about Christians is that the, the, the reverse has started to take place in Christianity. One of the things that's happening in modern Christianity is that we make a plan and then we ask God to bless it. It shouldn't be that way, my friends. One of the reasons why God is out of reach is because you've made your plans and you've asked God to bless your plans and you've never considered what his plan is for your life. We look at life, we look at a situation, and when we see that situation, we think, well, if it's going to be a prophet, it means that I should take that way. If I'm going to take a new job and there's more money, it must be God that I go in that way. And so, Lord, I'm following that plan, and so I ask you to bless it. 
I'd oftentimes have businessmen in my church come to me and say, Pastor Jeff, this morning I'm going to the bank to ask for a loan for my business and some capital. I want you to pray that God will make the bank officer give me the loan. You've never prayed that, have you? Hallelujah. (laughs) I asked them, I said, do you think that God has a better plan? I'll never forget, we had one man who had that kind of thinking in mind, and he came to me, and he was talking about a loan from here and a loan from there, and was asking me all these things, and I kind of stopped him and said, listen, now that you're a Christian, he was a new Christian, I said, now that you're a Christian, maybe you should set your plan aside and say, God, I'm in trouble in my business. What plan do you have? And so instead of asking for the loans, he set it aside with me and we prayed over it and he had this random piece of property that all of a sudden became part of the ring road of the city where we lived and he made the largest profit of his entire life and had all the capital he needed. Maybe it was because, you can clap your hands, maybe it was because he decided he would follow God's plan instead of his own personal plan. One of the reasons why we don't reach God is because we tell him what the plan is, and he, the God of the universe, the God of all creation, should be telling us what the plan is. Because friends, if you're going to do one thing in 2019 for this theme of reach and reaching the Lord, is you've got to put your plans into the hands of God. The second thing that we need to commit to is we need to commit to reaching those who are right around us or each other. I said, first of all, that we need to reach God. Secondly, we need to reach each other. You know, the the way that that the the prosperity and the blessing is going to come, the people of Israel, as they faced this incredible task that was set out in front of them, was they needed to remain unified and supportive of each other and they needed to work together. Can I just tell you that if Glad Tidings is going to have a reach year in 2019, you've got to do it together. You've got to be unified as a church. One of the things I learned over time was that often people would look at the church and our families and people in the world are watching us. And so we, as a church of the Lord Jesus Christ, need to show that the decrees of love the Lord your God and your neighbor as yourself is the golden rule that we live by. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1 through 6, you know, right before Paul talks about the apostles, the pastors, the teachers, the evangelists, and, and, the, and, and all of these, the, the fivefold ministry gifts, in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1 he says, Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit. Bind yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one Spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. 
So what are the challenges for us as the church as we reach each other? One of the things I would say to you is that oftentimes the church finds it hard to give and receive forgiveness. Turn to your neighbor and say, I forgive you. Boy, I could barely hear that. Maybe because the room is so much bigger than yesterday. Say it loud. I forgive you. You know, sometimes it's easier to say I'm sorry than it is to say I forgive you. Right? How many times have you done something wrong and you say to the person, yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry, sorry. And the person on the other end is like, oh. <laughs> you know, it's not easy to say, yes, I accept your apology. Yes, I forgive you. I wonder if the practice in 2019, if you would begin to reach each other, would be every time somebody says, I'm sorry, or I apologize, you make sure you verbalize the words, I forgive you. And if there was forgiveness in the church, like Jesus forgave us of our sins. You know, this morning as we were worshiping, you know, I, I love, you know, even though I heard the same set of songs yesterday, I, and I'm hearing the same set of songs, uh, God speaks like a new thing, you know. And, and so this morning, as we were singing that song about, Lord, you bore the cross for us. Sitting right here, I was reminded once again that I'm just a sinner saved by grace. That the God of the universe came down to this earth and forgave me for all my sins. Can't we not now forgive those who do wrong things against us? Especially here in the body of Christ. Sometimes it's the fact that we allow little things to get to us. You know, I would say that in the church today, one of the worst sins is envy. Now, somebody said, well, what's the difference between envy and jealousy? Envy is the inability of being thankful or happy at the blessing of someone else. Now, I'm sure you don't have this here in Malaysia, but in Indonesia, this happened a lot. What would happen is, in the church, if somebody was getting blessed with a new car, a new home, or a new, or going on a really cool vacation, people would feel like, ugh. You know, a church member walks into the lobby, and I'm pastor there, and they walk in. I said, hey, I haven't seen you in a couple weeks. Where have you been? Well, pastor, we went on a family vacation. We stopped in Vienna. We went to Zurich. We got, and we brought back a little chocolate for you, pastor. Oh, thank you very much, you know. And they talk about this amazing European vacation, and everybody else in the lobby is looking like, oh, I didn't get to go on a Europe vacation. You know, I started to get afraid to wear a new shirt to church because if I did, somebody in church would say, Baju Barunie. If you don't speak Bahasa, that means a new shirt because Nye doesn't mean anything. It's just like Nye. 
Hey, if you want to reach each other, when you hear about somebody else at Glad Tidings who's got a job raise, who's got a new car, or who went on a great vacation, or had a new house, or something good happened, and good fortune, and they're getting blessed, why don't you rejoice with them and say, I bless you, brother. I bless you, sister. I'm thankful that God is blessing your life. And I wonder if that wouldn't cut down some of the disunity that we see in the church today. We have to have the ability to be thankful for God's blessing on other people's lives. It's not just in material possessions. It can be in spiritual blessings. It can be in all kinds of things. But I want you to know this is a huge challenge. It should be the common goal of this church that we would reach each other and be a shining example of humility and patience and love for each other. The last thing I want you to know about this morning is that we need to commit to reach the lost both here and abroad. I'm going to reread to you verses 13, 14, and 15. It said, It is not kept beyond the sea so far away that you must ask, who will cross the sea to bring it to us so we can hear it and obey? No. The message is very close at hand. It is on your lips and in your heart so that you can obey it. Now listen, today I am giving you a choice between life and death and between prosperity and disaster. Can I just tell you that there are people in this great city of Kuala Lumpur that even this morning are praying this prayer. Who will cross the sea? Who will cross the street? Who will come with this message that is on my heart, but I don't understand it? You see, the message is on your lips, and you need to be the one then to reach out. You see, when you reach and touch God, When you reach and touch your common and fellow church members, you're now ready to reach and touch someone else. I was in the United States and I had a chance to preach somewhere. And um, I I was at the church and shared, you know, the message. And the, the pastor said to me, Brother Jeff, after church today, Uh, we're going to take you out for lunch to the best Chinese restaurant in our area. Now, when you've eaten Chinese food in Malaysia, the best Chinese food in America is just not that good, okay? (laughs) Yeah, so, you know, I set my expectations low. But I'm a guest speaker, so, you know, I don't complain. I'm like, wherever you'd like to go is fine, you know. So we went ahead and were brought to this uh, restaurant and they informed me. I was with their missions committee and the pastor and they said, hey, uh, we come to this restaurant once a month on Sunday to eat and have our meeting. And, you know, and and so we come here all the time. They know us and it's going to be a great meal. And they went on and on. And so we got to the restaurant and I sat down and To my left, one of the men on the missions committee sat next to me, and 
Americans don't have as nice of hospitality as like, you know, Malaysians do. And so he sits down next to me and, and he gets into me a little bit. Like he goes, do you really speak Bahasa? And I'm like, yeah, I speak Bahasa. But how do you convince somebody you speak Bahasa when he doesn't even speak Bahasa, right? No, you know, so it's like, I, I had no way of convincing him. And so then he turns around and he starts telling a story to the group. And the story was like this. He goes, there was this missionary one time who, when he went to the church, the pastor asked him to speak in the language, but he couldn't speak in the language except counting to 10. But he thought since nobody could speak the language, he said, let us pray. Satu, dua, tiga, empat, lima. So he counted to ten. And then, and then he said, amen. And then after church, there was somebody who actually spoke the language. And when they shook his hand, they said, sebelas, dua belas, tiga belas. You know. Okay. Well, he's telling this story to the group. And I'm like, it wasn't in Bahasa, but it was in some other language. But I'm like embarrassed because... He was embarrassing me, and, and so the waitress walks up behind me. I don't see her, but she leans over my shoulder, and she puts a dish in front of me, and it had the, the shrimp crackers. And, and in Indonesian, those are called krupuk. So I, I just said, I looked at the guy, and I said, well, in Indonesian, those are krupuk. Well, when I said krupuk, the girl, the waitress, gasped and said, Papa Pisa Bahasa Indonesia. And here, the waitress was Indonesian. God is good, right? So then she and I started to talk in Indonesian, and, and we began to converse. And, you know, this guy is still trying to tell his story, and now he's embarrassed because it's obvious I can speak some language, you know. <laughs> so I began to talk to her, and I found out that she had been living in the United States for seven years, and she had emigrated from, she was from Kalimantan. So she was from the Indonesian side of Kalimantan. And a pretty simple gal, no friends, no family there. She's all alone. And so when she had brought all the food out and set it on the table, I stopped everybody and I said, her name was Ernie. I said, Ernie, I'm a pastor. And I just shared with this group of Christians at their church, before we eat, can we pray for you? And she just kind of was startled. She stopped and she said, yes, I would like it if you prayed for me. And she closed her eyes and she held her hands out like this. And so I stood up in this American restaurant and I started to pray in Bahasa. Now you can tell I get excited. So I was praying loud in Bahasa, okay? <laughs> the only two people could, that could understand were me, Ernie, and of course, the Lord was there. So I'm praying over this girl. Now, I'm gonna, I hope pastor doesn't mind. I'm going to give away like a pastor's secret. You don't know this. But a pastor can actually deliver a whole sermon in their prayers. I don't know if you know that or not. No, I preached a whole sermon in my prayer, right? No, I mean, you know, I'm like, Lord, I know that you brought Ernie here for a purpose, Lord. And I know that I met her today for a purpose. And I know you died on the cross and you rose again to save her, Lord. If she would just accept you as Lord and Savior, I know her life would change. And so I'm praying but preaching and I got all done. And then I said, yeah, and thank you for the food, you know. <laughs> said, and when we all, when we got finished, she just kind of stayed frozen like this. 
she finally looked up at the end of the prayer and she said, I've been living in this country for seven years and no one has ever prayed for me. This troublemaker next to me wasn't quite finished yet. He goes, well, that's why we need more missionaries here in America. I'm usually a pretty gracious, you know, guy. But I looked over at him and I said, actually, you should be ashamed of yourself. At your own admission, you've been coming to this restaurant every month for a whole year and you've never once stopped to ask this girl her name, where she's from, or anything about her. And she's been waiting. She's been between life and death. She's been waiting for somebody to come and tell her the message that's on my heart and on my lips that Jesus Christ died on the cross for the sins of mankind and he rose again from the dead. You see, reach is gonna work for glad tidings if in 2019, if there's at least one soul, just one soul. I'm not asking you to become a pastor or an evangelist. I'm believing that in 2019, one person will come across your path. Not everybody you meet will want to be prayed for or hear the message, but I believe in 2019, one person must come across your path who's been waiting to hear. Can we reach? Can we reach? Can we reach? I want you to stand to your feet.